You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. Um, I was thinking about this, that in life, uh, I see people that they start well, but then they plateau. They kind of start well, and then they get to a certain place, and they plateau. And we stay at that place for like, some people, they stay at that place for the rest of their life. You know, that's how we are naturally as, as human beings. The older we get, we just stop changing you know like older people we get to a certain fashion statement and that's it that's it i'm not, I'm not changing that uh, I'm, I'm at this age this is it let you let the rest of you go well yeah go along with your bad self you just keep going and because we just get to a point where it's like that you know and we can be like that in life you can be like that in your marriage you can be like that where you've you've come into church and you've got saved but you've kind of stagnant now it's almost like you're staying there and so as we've spoken about 2020 how many know happy new year you know January the 1st we're getting excited we're telling everyone happy new year people are talking about the new year people are tweeting about it people are Instagram you know all their all that all that they're going to do this year but how many know we was excited on January the 1st uh, uh, 2019 and 18 and 17 and 16 how many know we was excited or you could keep going back We've been excited, but how many know excitement doesn't really mean to guarantee change? That we want, we don't want just to be excited for the first month of the year, or the first three weeks of the year, or the first week of the year. We want this year to be better than last year. That's what I want. I want to move on to bigger and better in things. And so I really do believe by the Spirit of God that you can experience a better year than you did last year a more fruitful year, that God's going to move you on to better ground. And so Genesis 8, verse 6, let's get into the word. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. He also sent out from himself a dove, to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. Let's pray. Father, we ask you right now for your grace, your mercy, your love, your kindness to be manifested in this place. We thank you for those things. Father, I pray that your spirit would be here. I have no confidence in my own ability, wisdom, understanding, revelation. Father, as much as I appreciate those things, my confidence rests upon your word and your spirit. I pray that you would speak to us all. Father, give us revelation. Lord, let us not plateau. Let us move on to bigger and better things. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. This is an account from Noah. Uh, life. And when we, say, when we say Noah, what's the next thing we think of? The ark. We th- amen. Theologians. And so this is, this is an account from Noah and the ark. Have we got a picture of the ark? Can we put a picture? There you go. There's, a, there's an artist's rendition. That's the best way of putting it. I don't know if that was the ark, if it really exactly looked like that. But uh, that's, that's, you know, close enough. It gives us an understanding that Noah builds this ark. I've preached on it. If you've ever been to church as a kid in Sunday school, you colored in a little ark, brought it out to mommy and dad. It looked mad, but they was like, that looks lovely, Johnny or Susie. And so 
when we see, when we hear about Noah, we think of the ark. And so, how many know the ark is a place of salvation? God saved Noah and his family in the ark. So the ark is a good thing. It's a place of salvation. We could almost say the ark is a place of safety. How many know the ark is a safe place? It's a safe place. But I want you to think about what would life be like actually living on the ark because that looks nice it looks cute it almost looks like you could go on a cruise ship and it looks yeah i'm saved i, I didn't die outside in the and i didn't drown to death i mean no drowning to death is not nice you know and so this this is this is something which is serious very serious but and, and so now that you're safe you're in this ark this is good but life on the ark is better you think about what the ark is the ark is a floating zoo because it's not just Noah and his family, it's every animal that he could get on the ark. Can you imagine living on a floating zoo? Can you imagine the smells? Have you ever been to a zoo? You ever been to a farm or a zoo? There's a, there's a, when I grew up, I grew up, uh, 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 I went to school, I grew up in Vauxhall. And in Vauxhall, there's called the Vauxhall City Farm. And when I went to primary school in Vauxhall, they would bring us to the Vauxhall City Farm once a year, and we'd go there, and there's all these little farm animals, and it stunk. We'd go, stinky, you know, and, and that's what farm life is. And so that's what the ark would have been like. And so we've got this romantic, oh, the ark is a safe place. Yeah, the ark is a safe place, but the ark is also a, a, a stinky place. It would have been, imagine the noises. There's lions growling. There's all types of, there's chickens making their cock-a-doodle-doo. There's mooing of cows. There's, every animal is making, it would have been a madness. But it's a safe place. And I want to say to you, here is Noah in this safe environment. He's been saved, but he's surrounded by strange things. I want to tell you, being a Christian in church can feel like that. That you're saved, but you're surrounded by different people how many know there's different people in this world how many know some people are strange how many know some Christians are strange now maybe not here <laughs> you know man listen you're saved we're not saying you ain't saved we're not saying you're not coming to church but how many know you're saved you came to church and you start to notice some stuff about some people it's just a bit strange that's that bro that brother's whew. It's a bit strange. And what I'm saying to you is, is that, yeah, Noah is safe, but he's in this environment where, which is, it's not really, you don't want to live there. You don't want to stay there. Not only is he surrounded by animals, not only is the, the ark a floating zoo, but on the ark, there's no steering wheel. Did you know that? God never told him to make a steering wheel. That means he's not in control. That means he's just made this thing and it's going where God wants it to go. It will save you, but you ain't in control of it. And sometimes you get saved and you're saved. Yeah, I'm happy, I'm saved. And then you start to realize God is taking you in a direction. Hey, where's God? what's God doing here, man? This ain't where I wanted to go. I was going in a whole different direction before. And because now you feel out of control. So yes, you're saved, but you was like, I felt more in control when I was a sinner. You felt more control. See, when, when you was a sinner and someone got in your face, you was in control, weren't you? Listen, man, what? What? Now you're like, I don't know what to do. 
What do I say? You just ah, go home frustrated because you ain't in control no more. See, the ark is a place of safety, but you're surrounded by strange things, and now you're out of control. The ark is a place where sometimes you can feel like you're stuck because the, if you read, God shut him in. God, the Bible says he goes in and God shuts them in. God shut them in. And so how many know once you're in, you ain't going back? You can't go back, Noah. There's nothing to go back to. And sometimes you're saved, and then you like, things get tough. You don't know where you're going, and you're stuck with all these things that are strange to you, and you can't go back. If you're truly saved, you can't go back. Come on, let's be honest. You know, if you, you know you've thought about it. Like, huh, this is long. But in, when you're saved, you can't go back. Go back to what? Sometimes you're like, yeah, I'm done with this. And God's like, all right, where are you going? Well, I'm not sitting where I used to sit. <laughs> sitting at the back. <laughs> not talking to her. See, that, that, see, we look at the ark and like, oh, it's this romantic thing. Yes, it saved Noah, but Noah is in this strange place, out of control, stuck, waiting for God to move. See, the ark was a place of survival, not a place of revival. It's a place of survival. And this is where many Christians live. They live only at a place of survival, never progressing, never moving, never promoted to a place of revival. See, God's mission for uh, Noah is that you, that you will save humanity. God didn't design Noah to live on a boat. Man wasn't designed to live on a boat. God actually says to Noah when he comes out of the ark, you and your family be fruitful and multiply. Be fruitful. Look at someone and say, be fruitful. Be fruitful and multiply. That's what God wants you to do. God wants you to multiply all that is good in you. That means when you go to work, you should be fruitful. When you're at college, you should be fruitful. When you're at school, you should be fruitful. In your ministry, fruitful. It's good that you're saved, but who's saved because of you? Fruit. God's looking for fruit in everything. Anything that doesn't bear fruit, the Bible says it's barren. When Jesus saw a tree that, that looked like it, bear fruit but didn't bear fruit he cursed it he says listen why do you take up the ground that's what he says and so God designed you and I to be fruitful God designed Noah to be fruitful but Noah can't be fruitful on the ark you can't bear fruit on the ark you cannot bear fruit just at a place of survival God's got to bring you beyond the place of survival some people's Christian is just Christianity has just been survival some of you here today 2019, it was just survival mode. You just about came to church. And listen, we thank God you're here. We thank God for the ark, but you don't live there forever. You've got to progress. Thank God you've been coming for five years. That's wonderful, but you've got to progress. Thank God that you know people in the church and you was going through a connect group. But do you not, do you not want more? See, God saved you to be on mission with him. God wants you on mission. Look at someone and say, get on mission. No, no, no. Say it, to, say it like you mean it. Because mission is a serious word. Get on mission. Yeah, get on mission. That's it. We can't be like, get on mission. You can't, you're not even saying it with mission. See, you cannot be fruitful in the ark. God, God has made you for more. 
And so in Genesis 8 verse 1, so we've, let's, 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 rewind, let's rewind a little bit than our text, because our text is when he, he lets out these, these animals and all of that. But let's go back to Genesis 8 verse 1. The Bible says, then God remembered Noah and every living thing. <laughs> How many know sometimes you feel like you've been forgotten? Hmm? I mean, listen, testimony time, sometimes you feel like you've been forgotten. You've been looking for that job since 1970. Someone came in and got saved. Hey, I just got a job. I'm an MD. <laughs> you didn't even finish school. You can't even, you don't even know what MD stands for. <laughs> you've, been in, you've been in church serving God. You've been single so long. And you, yeah, listen, someone comes down, prays, comes back next day. Brings the boyfriend. He prays. That's it. We're getting married. The pastor's going to do it after the service. You can feel like you've been forgotten in the ark. You can feel like that, you know what, am I just drifting? The Bible tells us, no, 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 no. Not that God forgot him to remember him, but what he's saying is when he says the word he remembered him, he starts to put all his attention on him now. He starts to work in his life now. He sees his situation and he's going to uh, 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 interact with him and all of the living things. And the Bible goes on to say in the text, and all the animals that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind to pass over the earth and the waters subsided. It was the wind that made the waters subside. The, the waters are the sign of the thing that's destroying mankind. And sometimes there are things in your life that... You know what? You couldn't get a handle on it, and that's why God's had to put you in an ark. Some of you last year, you just made it through because God had to put you in an ark because there were waters coming for you. There were things that were destroying you, and you was going to allow them to destroy you. Some of you, you, friendships broke down last year with some people that you've been friends with for a long time, but you don't realize God was separating you. He put you in an ark because those friendships were destructive to you. Some of you here, there are habits and things that you were going through. And last year, you went through some struggles. But what you've realized, you've gone through those struggles. And as you've come out the other side, you don't have those same habits anymore. And you, you've forgotten because you was all about the struggle. But what God was doing, he was putting you in an ark. But God is saying to you, the waters are about to subside. The waters are about to go down. And the Bible says, because a wind blows upon the waters. And the Bible says that that word wind is the word ruach. And that is the same word for the word spirit. Listen, God does not do anything until it starts with the spirit. God doesn't do anything until it starts with the spirit. You have to start with the spirit. God doesn't start with the intellect. God doesn't start with muscle power. God doesn't care how much you can bench. God doesn't care what your IQ is. God doesn't care what your postcode is. God doesn't even care what the complexion of your skin is. God always starts with spirit. You want me to prove it to you? I love the Bible. Let me prove it to you. In the beginning, we see Genesis. The Bible says in the very beginning, when God created everything, he says the spirit moves upon the deep of the waters. The spirit was the beginning of everything. The Bible says in the Gospels, the first thing that we see is the spirit came into John the Baptist. He was, married, he was filled even in his mother's womb. Then we see that the spirit was the thing that made 
Mary pregnant. Before there's any gospel preached, the Spirit is moving. The beginning of the church is the book of Acts. Jesus says, wait here, don't do nothing. They've seen Jesus raise the dead. They've seen Jesus walk on water. They've seen Jesus do all of these miracles. Jesus says, that's still not enough because I don't start anything without the Spirit. Go up into that room, wait there until the Spirit comes. And when the Spirit came, this was the beginning of the church. God does not start anything until there is a move of the Spirit. Actually, we see that the reason why there was a flood, because God said, my spirit will not always strive with man. Because they rejected the spirit, that was the beginning of judgment. The move of the spirit is the beginning of grace. God starts nothing without his spirit. If you ain't in the spirit, leaning in the spirit, wanting the spirit, hungering after the spirit, you'll never get to the next level. See, this explains this whole situation, what we see going on here. See, in our text, the Bible says this, Genesis 8, verse 7. Sometimes I move too fast. My wife says, why are you preaching so fast? I'm going to slow down. I get excited, that's what it is. I'm like a kid. When it comes to the word of God, I get excited. Big kid. Genesis 8, verse 7. And he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters dried up on the earth. So God is, God's spirit has moved. The wind blows. The waters are starting to go down. So Noah sends out a raven. Have we got a picture of a raven here? So it's a raven. Look at that thing, man. Craven raven. That raven. It's nasty. Noah sends out a raven. But in our text, the Bible says the raven was just going to and fro. That's all the raven was doing. He sends out a raven, but the raven does nothing good for him. See, he wants to know, can I come out of the ark yet? What's God doing? What's happening here? So he sends out a raven. But the Bible says in our text, the raven was just going to and fro, to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. The problem with the raven is this. Put that raven back up there. I want them to see that raven, man, so they can, they can see that. Nasty thing. The problem with the raven is the raven will eat anything. The raven, a raven will eat anything. A raven will go anywhere. And so he sent out this raven, but this raven will land on a dead cow floating. And then go back. How many know that don't tell Noah whether it's dried? He don't know what's going on. He sends out this raven. This raven is going and come in and going and come in. And, and Noah's like, this raven ain't doing me no good. The raven is like the flesh. This is our flesh, our lower nature. Remember what we said, not by power, not by might. What we're talking about is your own intellect, your own understanding, your own strength. See, a raven is a very, very intelligent bird. If you, if you know about ravens, I, I did a little bit of research. They said a raven is a very intelligent bird. But the problem with raven, it will land anywhere and eat anything. And so as he sends out this raven, he doesn't know whether there's dry land. Because that raven will land on anything. This is like your flesh. See, God said in the Bible, when you, when you study how God deals with his laws, now we are not Jews, we are not under the law, but we just get an understanding of some things, is the raven was an unclean bird by God's standard. That means the Jews weren't meant to eat a raven, and they can't use a raven for sacrifice. You can't sacrifice a raven. God's like, no, I don't want that. And what that tells us is the raven will not feed you. It will not edify you. Your flesh will not sustain you. Not only is a raven 
You can't eat it. You can't use it for worship. You can't sacrifice. See, sacrificial offerings were, were the form of worship in the Old Testament. God says, I don't accept fleshy worship. Remember what he said when he met the woman at the well? And he says, listen, God is spirit and he wants those that will worship him in spirit and in truth. See, your flesh is not going to help you to get to the next level. See, Noah is in the ark. Let's get the ark picture again. Noah is in the ark, but he's using a raven. What this tells me is many people, you can be in church, but you are still using your flesh. Are we saying that you're not in church? Are we saying that you're not saved? No, 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 no. God has saved you. But for you to get to a place of fruitfulness, you've got to stop using your flesh. You're sending your flesh out, and this is what people do. Just like Noah did, and Noah's getting nothing from him. See, the raven will land on anything. We've got to be careful that we're not living the raven life even though we're in the ark, because the raven life is not here. The raven cannot tell you if there's fruit, if there's fruitfulness. Be very careful because the raven will, you're not feeling what it is. See, some people, they come into the church, they're in church, but you're using your raven for dating. See, the raven will land on anything. <laughs> raven, just see a dead cow. Just shh. Having a good time here, man. See, some, some sisters here, you send your raven out. He looks good. You just... <laughs> There's some brothers here, you just saw a dead cow. She ain't going to do you no good, man. Let me just say this. There are good, God-loving, Holy Ghost sisters all up filling up every seat in this place. And you fly past them. <laughs> your raven... <laughs> And you find, I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave. I'm going to behave. But see, because the raven is attracted to death. The raven finds death attractive. That's why there ain't no women in this church. Just because they're clothed. Just because they're intelligent. They have self-respect. They don't chase you. Like them chicken heads you're used to, hanging out. These sisters, you can't just take these sisters, roll up to KFC. This isn't a little KFC. That ain't me. You better, you better sort yourself out, brother, man. It's raven, man. You got to be careful, man, that you, 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 your raven will get you in trouble. Because you'll come down this aisle and you'll say, I do. And your raven will say, you did. It was a raven, man. Your raven found this for you. See, raven marriage, for better or for better. Because the raven's going to and fro. See, once the raven ain't feeling it no more, I'm going back. See, the raven is a single mind in a marriage. See, my single mind died. My single mind has died. I, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't even know what it is to be single. 
I don't talk single, act single, think single. I think married. See, one, it's one thing to be married, but do you have a married mind? Do you have a married mind? Do you understand? Things have changed. You're married. For better or for? Now, we've got to say it with more passion. For better or for? Listen, some of you are in the worst right now. You're raving and say, I'm off, I'm off. Because I thought it was better for better. Uh-uh. You said it. There ain't no one that got married in this church and they didn't say that. So I got you. People send their raven out looking for a church. A church that has no pressure. Don't put no pressure on me, pastor. Come here, you better entertain me. I go online, I look at preaching. You better be as good as them or better. Never mind them people have like 100 people helping them. <laughs> you don't want to help, but you want me to preach like them. It's gone silent. A whole team of people. The pastor just turns up with a bodyguard. You want me to preach like that guy? You ring that guy and ask that guy, is he going to counsel you in your marriage? You won't even get through to him. You wouldn't even get through to his assistant. The assistant of his assistant. Ah, oh, so you see it in a different light now, yeah? You could call me anytime. Actually, you could just, hey, pastor, I'll meet, I'll meet you there. Yeah, yeah, all right. There was another pastor that I know well, and he wanted to go to this other church to, to, to talk with the pastor. And he had a bigger church. He had, you know, maybe a thousand people in the church. The pastor just wanted to have a meeting with him. He said, I'll take you out. I just want to uh, mind. They, he said, no, 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 no. They, they, he said, it's the assistant. You can speak to the assistant. And the assistant said, we ain't got time for you. <laughs> he said, no, 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 no. If you want to speak to him, you have to, go to, one, you have to pay to go to one of his conferences. If you want to sit down at a table with him, you have to spend thousands of pounds. Listen, I'm not even against it. <laughs> but I'm just saying, you, you don't want it, but you want, you see the thing? I've got to tell you, man, this is Potter's 2.0. The raven is looking for a church that has no pressure, no commitment, and no discipleship. Your raven will fly past people in the church that want to help you, want to love you, want to invest in you, and you fly, your raven will fly past that and find the most carnal person in the church to tell your problems to. Oh, listen, I don't need, if, I don't need no claps. You can stare at me like that all you want. That's your raven look. It's your raven looking at me. Put that raven back up there. Put that raven back up there. That's how you're looking at me. That's all right. See how, you, see how that's how you're looking at me? <laughs> see, the problem, uh, I'm being serious now, let's get serious. The problem is this thing won't work. Listen, we all have ravens. I have ravens, you have ravens. I have ravens, meaning I have my flesh, you have your flesh. The raven was just going to and fro. Yeah, but I want to know... Raven, I want to know, what's God doing out there? Is there? Where's the fruitfulness? The raven is just... Raven, help me out. Some people 
saved one year, five years, ten years, and your whole salvation. To and fro, to and fro. God doesn't want you to be going backward and forward. The only time we see people going around in a circle is when they rebelled against God. God's plan is to bring you in to a new land. The children of Israel winded up going round in a circle for 40 years, but that wasn't God's original plan. He wanted to do them an express lane straight from bondage to fruitfulness. See, this year, we're not going to spend our year going to and fro. This year, your marriage ain't going to be going to and fro. You and your wife going to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. This year, your purity won't be going to and fro. Pure, I'm pure, pure, I'm pure, pure, I'm pure. There are young single people here. This year, it won't be like that. Raving, not raving, raving, not raving, raving, not raving, raving, not raving. Fornicating, not fornicating, fornicating, not fornicating. This is what, this, this, all, all of this is stopping now. This is stopping now. God wants to take you onto a place of fruitfulness. He wants to bring you out of the ark. He has bigger plans for you. He has bigger thoughts for you. He wants more for you. Hallelujah. Genesis 8 verse 8, look what it says. This is where I thank God that we don't need just, we don't need to use the raven. Genesis 8 verse 8, he also sent out from himself a dove. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Just that, we also, listen, if you're saved in this place, you also have another option. You don't have to live the raven life. To see if the waters had receded. See, this is the whole purpose. I'm sending out the dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot. Of her foot. And she returned unto the ark to him. For the waters were on the face of the whole earth. But he put out his hand and took her and drew her into the ark to himself. See, this is different than the, the dove is different than the raven. See, the dove is a clean bird. God said you could eat a dove. If you want to eat a dove, you could eat a dove. And this, and this. You could offer a dove as a sacrifice. See, if the raven is like the flesh, then the dove is like the spirit. See, the Bible says that, the, the, that he sends out the dove, but the dove's flying around, and it sees the raven on a dead cow. It's like, no, I ain't going on no dead cow. No, no, it's, what's that? No, no, that's not dry ground. And the dove says, there's no place for me to rest, so I'm going back. See, the spirit is not like the flesh. See, your flesh will land on anything. The spirit won't. See, this is why we've got to be spiritual, church. See, some of you ladies, you've got to be spiritual. It, there's nothing wrong with sending out your dove. No, I can't be resting. No, definitely not. I can't be resting on that. I've got to go back. You, you, you send out your dove, it come back, just bring it in. Bring it in. Yeah? Bring that thing in, man. Love dove. You've got to bring that love dove back in, man. I can't be taking that thing. I'm not going to land it. That thing, it won't land. But I want to say this is a sign of God's Holy Spirit. See, God's Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit, God's Holy Spirit wants holiness. It's not going to land where there's pure unholiness. See, this year we've got to be holy, church. 
We've got to be holy in our words. We've got to be holy in our conduct. We've got to be holy with the things we look at. We've got to be holy in our marriages. If you're married here, you've got to stay holy to that woman. Listen, bro, you've got to stay faithful to that woman. I don't care. Ah. I don't care how she treats you. I don't care what she says to you. I don't care. There is no excuse. You've got to be holy. She might be, hmm, but God is good. I've got to stay holy. You want God to bring you out of the ark? You want God to do things in your life? You've got to be holy. See, the, 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 the Holy Spirit is flying around. He's looking for a church. He can come down. He's like, no, someone's gone. This madness there. We're praying for more of God, more of God, more of God in our lives. So God's like, be holy. You can't be all up in the house of God, dealing drugs, then coming to the front, you want me to fill you with the Holy Spirit? What was that? No, 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 no. We don't want no Pentecostal pimps in the house. You've got to be holy. We can't have people in ministry looking at pornography. Bound by pornography. You've got to get set free. You've got to realize you've got to be holy. See, the Holy Spirit is it's like a dove. So yeah, I want to come down. And when he comes down, there's power. But he's like, mm, my, my feet don't rest any, anywhere. When I was growing up, people would say, listen, they whispered to me. They said, listen, I don't eat any, anywhere. Some of you know that type of talk there. Huh? There's an old folk. They would tell me, uh-uh, no, sir, I don't eat any, anywhere. If you don't know what that means, don't worry. This means you don't eat everywhere. Just because there's food, it doesn't mean it needs to be consumed by you. There's a few questions. How, did it, how was it prepared? <laughs> Hygiene. <laughs> God's spirit is looking for somewhere to rest. See, we need to become hosts of the Holy Ghost. We need to host his spirit. We need to, pre we need to prepare ourselves. Imagine if we said, hey, um, she said there's some beef going on in the royals. Elizabeth is coming to Wandsworth. That's Queen Elizabeth to those. Lizzie, you got to pick her up. How many of you clean your car? You won't bring that thing there, the McDonald's and all of that nastiness. You clean your car. You, the queen is getting in your car. You, you, you might even just, I can't even bring my car. I've got to rent a car. The queen is getting in your car. Someone special is getting in your car. Listen, that is nothing. The queen is, was born. The queen breathed in, in, out, out, in. The queen is just as human as me and you. You cut her in half. Her blood is not blue. It's red like your blood. She's the same as you. And just as she was living, she will die one day and stand before Almighty God. God says his spirit wants to come inside of you. If you'll clean your car for the queen, what will you not do with your life if you want God's Holy Spirit in you? The God of the universe in you. This is why God says, listen, if you destroy the temple, I'll destroy you. If you destroy this temple, I'm going to deal with you. He said, this ain't no joke. This ain't no joke. The dove could not find nowhere to rest her feet, so she went back. The Bible says in Ephesians 4 verse 30, 
Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. He says, don't grieve. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. This is an admonition. This is a warning. Do not grieve God's spirit. Do not grieve God. The word grieve means to distress, to vex, to annoy or harass. When I read that, I was like, what? That here I can be serving God, but by my lifestyle, God is distressed in me. He's like, ah. God is just vexed in me. He's like, ah, I'm just vexed, Corny, man. The things you're doing and saying, he's annoyed. He's harassed. The Bible says in Genesis Verse 10. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent the dove out from the ark. Then the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth. And no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. A second time, how many thank God that we have second chances? God has given some of you another chance this year. He's given all of us, he's given our church another chance. He's given my ministry another chance. He's, he's so gracious. God is so gracious. If you're here right now and you're so, you might feel, you know, I've messed up, man. Listen, there's hope for you. There's, ch- there's another chance. There's another chance for you. You may have made a mistake. You may feel ashamed of yourself. You may feel like you've let everybody down. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done, there's another chance. See, man's grace is limited. Man's forgiveness is limited. God's is not. This is why the longer I'm saved, the more I realize, Courtney, you're not like God. You're not like God. Thank God you're not like God or God's not like you. Because by now, some, of, some people would be dead. I was going to say some of you, but not you, no. But some people might be. The Bible says another time he sends out the, the dove... And the dove this time comes back with an olive leaf in his mouth and no one then knows something's happening. Something has happened. The waters are going down. And I could preach, when I was getting excited when I'm reading this because, you know, olive oil, we could talk about the anointing. But I'm not even going to go, that's another sermon. But what I was thinking about, think about this now. Here is this this dove going, and, 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 and he just plucks off, he finds a little bit of olive growing, fresh, and he puts it in his mouth, and he's flying back to the ark. And when, 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 Noah, when Noah sees that, he's like, there must be some dry land. And I was thinking about this, and this is like the Holy Spirit, is that the Holy Spirit has hope in his mouth. Words of hope for all of us. See, the Holy Spirit has hope for you. And what I mean by that is that in this dove's mouth is a little piece of where God is going to take Noah. He comes back with a little piece of where God is going to take you. And the Holy Spirit is going to confirm some things to you that God is taking you somewhere. See, this is, this is really the beauty of the Holy Spirit, that when you have the Holy Spirit, that God is going to confirm to you, this little olive is a sign that God wants to take you somewhere. See, this year, God wants to take you somewhere. 
God's spirit is going to be the thing that's going to communicate that hope to you. This little olive is a proof that you're going to be fruitful. See, in your life this year, you may be thinking, I don't know if I can do that. The Holy Spirit is going to speak words in the Holy Spirit's mouth is proof of your fruitfulness. You don't have to worry. Here I am. I, can't, I haven't borne fruit on this ark. God's like, no, 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 no. That was just survival mode. Soon is coming by the Spirit, revival mode. In this little olive is a taste of things to come. He brings back this olive leaf and it's like, is he looking at it? He's like, wow, there is, there is potential for growth. There's potential of the place God has taken me. This is a taste. It's just a taste of what I'm going to experience. I want to say to some of you here right now, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit and you're leaning into the Spirit, he's going to give you a taste of heaven. He's going to give you a taste of the place where God is truly taking you. See, you need this as a Christian because as we go along this journey, there's going to be ups and downs. Not everything is going to work out the way we wanted it to work out. But those who have that optimism in them, those that say, you know what, I realize that I've already had a taste of what's to come. One day, you know what, I'm going to be there. The Bible goes on and says in Genesis, and this is where I want to finish, is that the third time that Noah lets out the dove, the dove never comes back. The first time, the dove came back, nowhere to lay my feet. The second time, the dove comes back, here's a taste of what's to come. The third time, the dove never comes back. And as I see that, I'm thinking about just the, the picture of the dove and the spirit. Where did that dove go? And, the, and as we look from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the Bible, we can almost imagine that this dove just keeps flying. He sees Moses and Abraham, but you know what? Abraham lied, Moses murdered, let's keep flying. He keeps flying and it comes to David. Hmm, David looks like a good prospect. Ah, David commit adultery, keep flying. All of the prophets and all of the kings and the dove just keeps flying thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Until one day, there is a young man in Jerusalem. And everybody's just looking at him like he's a normal man. And he walks up to, uh, to uh, Jericho and he sees the man and, and, and listen, I want to be baptized. No, 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 no. You, don't, you should baptize. No, for all righteousness sake. And this young man that looks like any other man is baptized. And when he comes out, that dove says, I can rest here. I can rest here. I can rest here. You see, what really is the beauty of the Holy Spirit is where Jesus is going to become more than just a man. See, everybody else saw Jesus as just a man, other than John the Baptist, but it's just another man. Jesus has got to become more than just a man this year. He's got to become the Son of God, He's got to become your Savior. He's got to become your God. That's only going to happen by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many here you want to host the Holy Ghost today? Amen. Let's give Jesus praise. We hope you've been blessed, edified, and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples. For more information on what we do and who we are, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk.